Here's Kid Carson and Jordan McCloskey. Hey! Good morning, radio buddies. Buddy, 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 buddy. Ah, you can talk about the pit. Sometimes these COVID rules, they drive me insane. It's like people are just so hell-bent on following a rule rather than what makes sense. I know you had a thing yesterday about you went to the pub. Yeah, they made me sit. Yeah, you were standing at your at your table, your your, your high top. They said, if you want to drink here, you're going to have to sit down at your, <laughs> your table. Your butt has to be sitting on Young the seat. Young man. Yeah, and, but you're standing beside your seat, but it's just so stupid. It was like, like remember you're in high school and you get up to talk to somebody at another desk and your yeah. teacher goes, Jordan, sit. Stay at, stay at your desk, yeah. <laughs> right? And you weren't even wandering, you were alone. Yeah. And so that drove you crazy yesterday. Like, thanks, now I'm safe because I just went boop when I sat. Yeah. Um, I had a thing yesterday where I thought, okay, this is the dumbest, like, uh, I, I went to get ice cream with my with my wife and, and son. We're like, let's go for a little after dinner walk. Went for a little cruise. Went to a neighborhood ice cream shop. Sounds very wholesome. Yeah, it's like you're in Riverdale with, like, you're like Archie Andrews. <laughs> Actually, we, we, it wasn't very wholesome because we were a little bit bad because Axel, who's six, was already in bed. And my, oh. wife, my wife and I were like, mm, you want to go for a walk for, you know, get some... No, ice cream, which we don't really do that. And like, my wife's like, maybe I'll get Axel out of bed and bring him. And I went, what? Are you crazy? And then she's like, she went and did it. And he, he couldn't believe it because he couldn't sleep. He was, we could hear him tossing and turning. Right. So his mind was blown. He gets out of bed to go get ice cream. So anyways, I had a little bit it's of It's a new standard then. That's what you <laughs> right. got to worry about. Like He'll you, be like, see, like, he's going to go to bed and he's going to see you in about half an hour. <laughs> We're going to get cream? some pizza hopefully this time. <laughs> so we, we show up at the ice cream shop. And A, the lineup is so long, like so long. I won't say the name of the ice cream shop because I'm about to say something. I'm like, oh my God, this, I guess everyone had our idea. We're like, oh, this is stupid. Well, we're not, we're not having ice cream here. And as we're walking past, they're not even putting the ice cream scoop in the cone. What? They, because of COVID, they give you, they, put, they scoop the ice cream. In your hand? They put it. They put it right in your mouth. They put the cone on your head like a little hat. Like a little dunce cap. They say, open your mouth. <laughs> like you're going to church and they're putting like, commun- what is that, communion? When they put a piece of bread? <laughs> I'll, I'll get the I'll get the chocolate mint or whatever. And they go, okay, here you go. They might as well have. No, they, they would put the, the ice cream scoop in a little dish and they hand it to you. And then they hand you separately the empty cone. Oh no! And they send you on your way. You got to put you got to put the ice cream in the cone yourself. I'm like, this oh, is stupid. Defeats the whole purpose. This, this is, is so. You want them stupid. to do it for you. This that it doesn't taste right. And, and you're on the sidewalk. You're literally on the sidewalk with a scoop of ice cream in a little dish and a cone. <laughs> and I'm looking at people, and I actually laughed out loud. I went, <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, what are you going to do with that? You got to kind of toss it in or dump, roll it in. It was so dumb. And were they like, I know, I know, just just do it. I just, um, and you waited, you waited in line literally for 40 minutes for someone to Ugh. hand you a piece of ice cream and a cone separately. You got to build it. You're, this is a build it yourself. It's a subway. Yeah. You do it yourself. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, how is that helping COVID? Yeah. You can't give someone a scoop of ice cream on a cone. Just wear this, gloves and do as, it. This isn't a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Like, just wear, like I said, just wear gloves and chill mask. out. And just, yeah. Right? Chill out. Anyways, so we found a nice, uh, we went to go to a gelato place instead, and guess what they did? They put the scoop right on the cone. Oh, there you go. There we go. Did you report them then? 
<laughs> You're not following this guidelines. Is not safe. Yeah. The Hollywood Minute with Jordan McCloskey. What's up, buddy? Post Malone. Yes. The roof go down when I switch. Oh. Oh. My money ball like Bradley Pitt. My money ball like Bradley Pitt. He's going to make your buddy into an athlete. Your best buddy right here. You? Yeah, he is trademarked. Something I think I could I could be a part of. The beer pong league. Ah, uh, yes. The go down when I switch. <laughs> and I think I could be a right. star in there. Of course. Right. The Bud Lights, the Red Solo Cups, the ping pong. I've done it a couple times and I'm good at it. He's once, I guess, apparently won $50,000 in a beer pong competition. So he's he is full force into this. He's going to make this a thing. Well, that'll hype you up. I uh, honestly, like, I think like I could a, do it. It's like beginner's luck when you gamble for the first time and you win like five hundred bucks. You're hooked. Yes, that's remember that true. happened to me when I was with you in Vegas. Oh my god! I remember, I, I remember. Um, I still tell these stories. Like anything but a six slot machine. Yes. Yeah. I still look for anything <laughs> but a six, and you kept winning like a thousand dollars. Well, quick side note: we're both at the slot machine. We're both playing the same game, but beside each other. Um, you go to the washroom. You come back from the washroom. I've won five hundred bucks, yeah. and you are excited for me but kind of secretly pissed yeah, I, I look i look over i go what how did that happen how did i not win that you kept playing it and then i went out to the pool where we were staying and kind of like i'll just get some sun and you come running out from where the slot machine anything but a six was with two more tickets and you went one like twelve hundred dollars yeah and i go you're kidding me now i was pissed <laughs> that's right that's when you got pissed that's right yeah but then for the rest of the weekend uh we would be in our hotel room and i would say i'd say i'm gonna just go downstairs and get a beer but I was, I was an excuse because I was secretly wanted to play the slot machine. Oh, again, I know. But I felt guilty. I was embarrassed to say that I'm addicted. Oh, no, I had a feeling. I was calling the number for, like, <laughs> Gamblers Anonymous. <laughs> I was addicted for a whole week, and I lost all the money that I won. You did, yeah. yeah that yeah, was the sad part about it. Sorry, back to Post Malone. So you know me. I love my TV. I love my movies, which is why I was super excited about the Emmy nominations. We live, and they say the best for last. The nominees for Outstanding Comedy Series are... I get excited about this because I never know what to watch. My wife and I will spend all of our time looking for a show. Yeah. And, and we only find crap. And so now I'm going to write these down for comedies. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Curb your enthusiasm. Yes. That's your favorite. That's one of the best. Dead to me. Never seen. My wife I loves love that show. Dead to me? Yeah. Yeah. That show. What, what is she doing here? Hold on. Let me rewind this. Curb your... Did a chicken, like, get loose on set? <laughs> she screams or, the nominations. Curb your enthusiasm. Dead to me. I love that show. The Good Place! The Good that? Place. The Good Place. I think that's the one with Ted Danson. And Who is this woman? It's Leslie Jones. She used to be on Saturday <laughs> Live. She was in the Ghostbusters movie. So she's just screaming. Every time she likes a show, she screams is it. Is this supposed to be funny? Or? I guess. I love that show. The Good Place! Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! I don't worry, your phones too. <laughs> that was very loud. <laughs> don't replay it. I just—I'm shocked. This is her moment in the spotlight, and yeah. she's doing this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, ow! Relax. Ow. Insecure. 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 <sighs> the Kaminsky method. Did I say that right? I didn't like Did that. Did I say one. that right? The marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And get ready for it. Shit's Creek. There you go. Oh, Shit's Creek. Canadian. What we do in the shadows. That's a great one too. Oh, these are the nominees for outstanding comedy series. You guys, congratulations. So Shit's Creek's been nominated. Congratulations. <laughs> okay, relax. It's been nominated fifteen times for acting, for writing, and the big one is for best comedy series. And they're saying. 
So you can win, Leslie Jones. Congratulations! Congratulations! I love that show. I know you. That's one of your. I I saw two shows there. I was like, Curb, Your Enthusiasm, and Shit's Creek, and I'm like, Oh, kid, those are his two favorites. I I was like, like a lot of people where they didn't. The first few seasons didn't care. I'd see the uh, the the billboard and the bus, and the billboard like turned me off from the show. Whoever designed the billboard turned me off from the show. The name was what got everybody talking about it. Uh, But this one is like special. It's good. If you're looking for a little comedy, um, Shit's Creek. Congratulations. That's cool. And guess what? What? That's your Hollywood Minute. Vancouver's Best Mix. Here's Kid Carson and Jordan McCloskey. He's on the phone line. Jordan! Jordan, get your headphones on. Sorry to... Sorry? Well, God, Mike, get my go, mic on. Go, your mic on. There we go. We got a special guest on the phone. There he is. Danny Cameron. Danny. Hello. There you are. Let me turn my music uh, down here. I'm sorry. I'm burying you. How are you, buddy? Really, really good. How are you there, big guy? We're great. I'm so sorry. I owe you a huge apology because it was your birthday over oh, the weekend, and we said to call us on Friday. And guess what we did? We took Friday off. Yeah, that's what Alex was telling me. Yeah, that's why you can get a hold of us and because uh, we promised you that we would uh, sing you happy birthday, and that we didn't. So yeah, I'm sorry. See, because I was phoning from Friday from 7 o'clock to about 10 o'clock every half hour. I, I believe you yeah. that you were. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. The, the, the radio station, I phoned the other phone number, uh, Crosby. Yeah. And just uh, nobody was answering. And oh. then I sent uh, an email, too. Yeah, we heard. We, heard, we got I your know. emails. We got uh, we, everyone told us that you were calling all sorts of numbers. Uh, I don't blame you because we said we'd be here. And uh, anyways, we took the day off. I'm sorry. But now... We can sing um, our number one fan, Danny Cameron. We can sing him happy birthday like we promised. You say, Danny Cameron, make sure you call us on Friday. And, yes. And, and I didn't mean to be phoning so many numbers so many times on that day. What uh, did you do for your birthday, uh, Danny? I'm here. My friend from church, uh, Francisco, that, that I've known for four years. And then we went to the keg together. Oh, we went to the keg. Nice birthday, buddy. We went dinner time around 530. And then I uh, blew over 100 bucks on myself. You know, because you. Uh, I wanted a big, I, I wanted a big steak and lobster and the other stuff that I ordered on the site that was separate cost, and I ordered a nice uh, navy dark rum and diet Pepsi alcohol drink you know, to go with it, and I got a free dessert. Uh, it was uh, the way the waiter made me a nice uh, Billy Minor pie. That was, uh, that dessert was so big I, I split half of it with my friend Francisco. Wow. Like we, we 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 treated ourselves, you know. Yes. Oh, yeah, and man. then I I gave like a ten dollar gratuity tip, you know. Well, listen, Danny. <laughs> we don't have a lot of time, but I do want to make sure we sing you happy birthday because you know we promised you we would, and you're our number one fan, and we love you, so we want to do that for you right now. You sure can. Do we need a birthday music? Do, yeah. Do we want here? Let's get some instruments. Don't make us do it a cappella, Jordan. Come on. Okay. Don't do that to the poor I was, guy. I was gonna do the Beatles. Do you like the Beatles? But we can just do a normal birthday. Do you like the Beatles? Sure, I like the Beatles. Uh, uh, do what to me? <laughs> oh, it's just sing, sing to you. We don't want to hurt you though by singing. Uh, oh, there we go. Da, da, there we go. We don't want to sing a cappella and hurt your ears. That's what we're saying. All right. Oh. <laughs> Here we go. Come on. This one's for our number one fan, Danny Cameron. Come on. Fifty-five. Buddy. Fifty-five years young. And his belly's still full from a big cake dinner on Saturday. Come on. They say it's a birthday. Yeah. I, I, don't I, I don't know the words. They say it's your birthday. birthday. 
Happy birthday to ya! birthday 55 we love you thanks for being a number one fan and now i gotta go sit down uh, you okay kid <laughs> oh i'm not okay. hey well, i love you guys love you too buddy Happy i love birthday. you buddy bye-bye bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye this is the kid carson show on zed here's kid carson and jordan mccloskey jordan talks about apples as if they're drugs you just did it off the air a second ago you need to try it. Which made me laugh. Uh, or just talk about how, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, man, I need to just go to bed a little bit earlier just to keep myself that energy going throughout the morning. And uh, But I drink coffee in the morning. You don't drink coffee. No, I stopped. But instead of coffee, you you uh, eat apples. Yes, That's and your water. Thing. But the way you talk <laughs> about it, you just sit off the air. Well, I take I take two apples in the morning. <laughs> it's true. He goes, I take two apples in the morning. Google it. It's like an alternative to... I know, but you could just say, I eat two apples. But you don't say, I, I well, eat two apples in the morning. You, you know say, what I was getting at. You say, I take two apples in the morning. Well, because they're like my pills, I guess. I take yeah. two pills or whatever. Because it does. It helps me. It rejuvenates me. Because a little so bit of that sugar. Instantly, my mind went, visualized it like you're a cartoon character and you just swallow an apple whole. <laughs> like I said, like, like I said, like a, like a horse. Just throw a couple of apples in your hand. Like you would throw a couple of, uh, you know, Tylenols. And you just pop both, like a, both, oh, ouch. both apples in your Try mouth. You swallow, swallow them whole with a glass of water. I used to drink coffee all the time. Like, you don't drink that much coffee, but I was like... Uh, I, have one, I have one in the morning. Okay, so I used to do that, and then I just found it, God, I got all my anxious and anxiety and all that stuff. Yeah. So I tried to find alternatives, and water's so boring, but (laughs) they said, I Googled it, which is probably something you shouldn't do. It's probably not even a real thing, but in my mind, it said, you know, apples would help, and in my mind, I was like, yes, it's helping. It makes me feel that caffeine buzz. that is a real thing. I've, I've read that. If you replace your coffee with an apple, it honestly gives you the same kick, if not more. Well, it's like it's like football players. I, I remember watching a, a football game years ago, and they were eating bananas on the sideline because it was really hot. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Bananas!" The, the commentator, "Bananas are really good if you're dehydrated." And so now I'm it sat in my head, and I really I yeah, didn't know that. I, I didn't know that one. So there's things like that. Well, if you think if you think of food as fuel, like we're supposed to, instead of just some kind of pleasurable thing that hits your lips for a minute, yeah, um, we should kind of refer to it as a drug. It is. It, they, these foods affect us like drugs in a way, dude. Right? And I stopped eating sauces. Like I just do Tabasco. That's it. But when I have sauce, like ketchup once in a blue moon or you name it, even Frank's Red Hot, yeah, it affects me. Like my, my whole mouth, almost like I'm a snail. It's like you put salt on a snail and it shrivels <laughs> up. My mouth goes, oh, I can't. I don't know what I was before. It was just the norm. Yeah. 
But now that you're clean. Yeah, well, clean relatively. I still drink beer and I drink yeah, but whiskey. You drink, you drink Bud Light. You're pretty it's clean. Sapporo, too. You're pretty clean. Give yourself some credit, man. You're yeah. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> sauce boss. Former sauce boss. <laughs> Here's Kid Carson and Jordan McCloskey. Good morning, radio buddies. Remember the first time you heard about weed being legalized? You probably giggled or rolled your eyes and said, oh, God, that'll never happen. Well, now they're talking about magic mushrooms being the next big thing. In studio, sitting across from me, Stacy Wallen, co-founder of Niminus, a recent top 30 under 30 winner, by the way. Um, why, is, why, why is the idea of magic mushrooms so exciting? I mean, there's so many different ways to look at it. I think the thing that really drew us to it actually came from originally personal experience. There's so much that can be done for people who are really suffering with mental health and addiction. And yeah. I come from a family with some uh, mental health backgrounds. And so it was just very much so a personal a personal mission. Yeah, we both do, by the way. Oh, yeah. We both have, I mean, I'll speak for myself. Yeah, no, no, both yeah, have, for sure. We both have people in our families who have yeah. stuff going on. I didn't realize <laughs> magic, yeah, I didn't yeah. realize magic mushrooms w- would help that. Well, this oh, is yeah. the beautiful thing about a lot of the research. There's been research happening since the 50s and 60s. There's, you know, thousands of clinical trials that have incredibly promising results. So the thing that people are waking up to is actually really the therapeutic potential right. of psychedelics, which is astounding. So yeah. your first time, was it like you're partying or are you like on a meditation retreat or what was the setting where you were doing mushrooms and you're like, this could be something? You know? <laughs> totally different. <Okay>. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually, so I am, I was raised Catholic and drugs were not okay. Um, so I actually didn't have a lot of experience with, with psychedelics and came to it after learning about it, doing a lot of research. My, my early experiences were in a therapeutic context, mm. like with somebody guiding the experience and really just supporting me and exploring myself. So it was very much so less a party vibe, although right. it was incredible. And, um, you know, like one of the things that I think people people don't quite understand is that people are used to seeing psychedelics in a really, you know, recreational, really um, fun environment. Yeah. And there's totally, um, you know, time and space for all different use cases. And we're not here to try and um, control people in any way, shape or form. But, um, you know, the, the benefits that have been shown in the research are really around this therapeutic protocol, which is around letting people's inner experience truly get sort of dived into insights, right? Emotional breakthroughs. People have new paradigm shifts around who they are, what exists, how they look at themselves as a sense of self. It can completely, um, you know, give people an opportunity to wipe the slate clean and rebuild who they want to be. Yeah. Like, isn't that something that we all want the opportunity to do? Yeah. And I know that you're not here to drop conspiracy knowledge bombs, but (laughs) I will just say it's kind of curious that our mighty rulers have demonized these things because they do open your mind and make you question things instead of just following orders and doing what we're told to do. Mm-hmm. Get up, go to work, come home, save for retirement someday, and then die. <laughs> so it's curious that these things that really could change our whole perception of what it means to be a living being. Totally. And there's wrong. some really, um, Chasing the Scream is a great book by Johan Hari that actually breaks that down. What's it called? Of, uh, Chasing the Scream. Chasing the Scream. By Johan Hari. He's, He's going to buy drug that policy What a crazy title of a book. Chasing oh. the Scream? It's Excellent. Um, and there's there's a lot of great knowledge out there about the war on drugs and where it came from, why right. it happened, mm. what its impacts have been across society. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. Your company is mm-hmm. doing what? You're you're researching, you're you're selling. What, what's what are you guys up to? Yeah, so well there's actually three different arms to the business. Okay. So we have Numinous Bioscience, which is our laboratory based out of Nanaimo. It's got a couple of Health Canada licenses which allow us to 
buy, sell, test, possess a variety of psychedelics, including MDMA and psilocybin, the active ingredient in magic mushrooms. And then we also have uh, numinous R&D. And numinous R&D is our clinical trials and research. That's where we really um, do all of the work on, you know, yeah, (laughs) creating protocols, assessing them in a clinical trial environment, and validating and understanding the efficacy of these things for certain indications, which is like a diagnosis. So depression, for example, mm-hmm. or addiction recovery, which is something that we're taking very seriously and doing with our, our some of our partners, including a group called Together We Can, which is Vancouver-based. Um, and then there's Numinous Health. And Numinous Health is sort of where the other two pour into. That's the actual treatment and therapeutic arm where people actually get help. And so we have a, a location that we work out of in Vancouver here that's a, a clinic environment that right now does not do any psychedelic psychotherapy because those are still in a research context. Mm. But we have integrative mental health services there that are really, really important, actually, as psychedelics um, are most effective, as demonstrated in research, when wrapped around with preparation and integration and other aspects of mental health care that can really just... Um, yeah, make it much more of an impactful and a successful experience for clients. Changed my life. You know, I, I had all sorts of things that I'd struggled with, and I was always a high-achieving, high-performing person, but, um, you know, I've, I've really gone through dark, dark nights of the soul and been, you know, struggling with my own mental health. And this, uh, you know, using these therapies has helped me transform my life in ways that nothing else have. And I have watched dozens of other people go through similar experiences. And honestly, the, the, the research speaks for itself. Awesome. We'll come back more with Stacy Wallen from Niminus. And uh, I want to talk about psychedelics in the space of couples therapy, which, believe it or not, that's becoming a thing. We'll touch on that next on Z95.3. Here we go. This is the Kid Carson Show. Here's Kid Carson and Jordan McCloskey. Does your marriage suck? This might be the solution. Psychedelics are being used in couples therapy. This is becoming a thing. We've got um, psychedelics expert Stacy Wallen, co-founder of Niminus, in studio. Um, let's uh, let's talk about this. I find this extremely fascinating. In America, um, a group called MAPS, which is the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, they have taken MDMA all the way through stage three FDA trials and recently got breakthrough designation status with the FDA, which is a very rare thing that the FDA does when drugs have so much potential that they actually expedite their access to the public because it would be um, not okay to withhold the public from something that's so powerful for their benefits. Wow. For people who just have no idea, you're talking about like Molly. Yeah, I mean, so a street term, word. yeah, ecstasy, Molly, the, you ecstasy. know, MDMA is the, um, is the active sort of clean clean ingredient in that, yeah. yeah. Wow, this is crazy. I've, yeah. heard, I've heard people, actually, I have a friend mm-hmm. that um, her and her husband, once a year, they do MDMA together. Yeah. And she's like, we, we, we take it and whatever it does, it like, it wipes the slate clean of all the buildup of relationship gunk, that that chip on your shoulder, that that stuff that, you know, the person just slowly starts to annoy you after after time. And it takes them right back to the stage of when they were first dating, like yeah. that honeymoon stage. And I was like, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. He loves saying honeymoon stage. <laughs> he's, he's in the honeymoon stage in his relationship. Uh, yeah, now it's like almost three years. It's it's, always, it's, it's, for the first five years. Yeah. She lives in another country. Basically, they're still in teddy bears and rainbow stage. So Jordan can't relate. It'll be five years and he'll say, you're still in the honeymoon <laughs> stage. can't relate. But you're in a long-term relationship? 
I am. Yeah. Like how long? Like how many years? Five years. Five years. So, you yeah. know, things happen after five years. Say to her, she's in the honeymoon okay. stage too. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm assuming maybe you have this experience. If you've had that where you take uh, ecstasy with your partner and suddenly you're like giddy school kids again. So there's a beautiful thing with MDMA because it's shown to be really helpful at uplifting basically um, emotional blocks. It's hard to find technical terms for this, but things that are yeah. holding people back and creating basically barriers in their relationships. So you can break down these barriers and find new ways of uh, seeing people afresh without sort of the programming that you've built up right. and also really just developing trust and having open lines of communication, which can repair a lot of our relationship distress. So there's amazing work actually going on in couples therapy with MDMA. That's right? what I read. And so. I, I've, never, I've never tried MDMA or ecstasy. Is this a thing now, couples who are maybe on the edge of, like, I hate your guts, can they go do this? Well, people who are on the edges of all sorts of things. Yeah. yeah I mean, so, you know, right now where it's at is that uh, it's in research still, so we're not quite at the point where it's available to the public uh, outside of a research context. But that's exactly what we're doing in our R&D aspect of the business, is working alongside regulators on the research that will help demonstrate the final efficacy pieces and public safety pieces to enable regulated wow. access for the public. Well, what's the timeline like for that? We're talking... Six months, a year, five years, any idea? Yeah, well, it's a little, I can't say specifics because ultimately, of course, it's out of all of our hands. Yeah. But, um, you know, for example, like this is already happening in a regulated environment in the States via expanded access. We have uh, two programs up here in Canada, which are our closest comparables that are called compassionate access and special access. And those are the mechanisms through which uh, Numinous is working up here in Canada. So we're seeing research happening currently. People are getting treated right now in a research context, and that's going to be, you know, moving forward over the next couple of years. Like, we're, it's not a matter of, like, if or these things being, you know, up in the air. It's a matter of when and just how, how the research is affected by things like COVID right now in terms of timeline. Yeah. But, like, so our kids, I mean, I've got a few kids. Uh, my oldest son is, is six. Mm -hmm. So, like, when he becomes an adult and, and is married, that might be a regular thing. Like, okay, well... We need some therapy. They don't go to a typical marriage counselor. Maybe you go and do a, a trial of MDMA and you, that might be how things are treated yeah, in the future. I mean, I hope like, so. I mean, I hope we use whatever has been shown to be the most helpful for yeah. people. The brain actually, like if you ever look at the brain while it's interacting with one of these um, substances, you know, parts of the brain that are usually dormant light up. The parts of the brain called the default mode network, which is your, your sense of self or your ego, shut down. So you actually, the way that you relate to the world around you is totally altered and allows you to have a different kind of experience with reality, God, which is so awesome. insane. Well, Stacey, thank you for coming in. That's oh, so thank cool. You. What thank a fun you. thing for us to contemplate yeah. and think about until, and to research further. Really, really happy to be here. Thank you so right much. Uh, give it up for Stacey. Yeah. Here's Kid Carson and Jordan McCloskey. And Boss Crosby. Hey! hey. Joining us in studio, <laughs> our boss. The How's it going, boys? The of Z95.3. Has just found out moments ago he gets to interview the stars of a reality show that he's addicted to. Which <laughs> one of many? One of many. So you're, yeah, we just found this out about you. Oh yeah, you're a reality show junkie. Yeah, you go down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories. I go down the rabbit hole of reality TV. Right. I can't pull myself out. This it's, is you. Uh, it's this, embarrassing. This is you off the air a minute ago. So much garbage. It's not even funny. I'm a reality TV junkie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a reality TV junkie. Wow. So. This show on Netflix, I've heard a lot of people talking about it. I've never seen it because I don't yeah. watch this kind of garbage. This garbage. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm a reality TV junkie. I, I love reality <laughs> TV too. Junkie. Junkie. Okay. Garbage, okay. Right? 
Um, but no, I have in the past been addicted to a couple of these shows, but I, I've since cleansed my mind, cleansed yeah. my palate. But you're hooked right in. Oh, completely. Well, the quarantine didn't help. I mean, we, we were at home desperate for, you know, entertainment of any kind. Yeah. And then this show popped up on Netflix and, and it, I don't know, my elevator pitch to the show, I'll be interested to, to see if these guys would agree, is, you know, it's, it's reality TV meets real estate porn. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to pull up the Zoom call here. This is very exciting. Okay, I think we've got everyone on the call, which is great. Is he on? I see Amanda in there. Jason's here. Wait, I don't see Amanda. You don't have to see me. They said it's only audio. Yeah. What? It's only audio? Yeah. Why are we doing a Zoom then? Why don't we just do a phone? I think the Zoom just sounds better. The quality's better. Okay, then can I turn my body, my audio off? Yeah, you can turn it off. Stop video. Okay, am I on there still, guys? Right on. No. Okay, okay so this is it. great. It's one of the hottest shows on Netflix right now. Um, it's the high-profile stakes game of real estate in L.A. I haven't seen the show, but our boss, Crosby, is such a super fan that he drove <laughs> an hour to be here when he heard that we were going to have the uh, two of the stars on the show, Amanda and Jason. So I'm going to turn it over to Boss Crosby, who is, he's almost, <laughs> he is so excited. He's beat red. Yeah, he he's is nervous. So, he it's is, the lights in here. This is, uh, during quarantine, you binge watch the show, season one, season two, you're pumped about season three. Yes. So um, you guys, uh, Jason and Amanda, you're talking to a real super fan. Um, unsuspecting man, let me describe him for you. He's a, he's a boss. He's got a big, bushy Vancouver Canadian beard. He is 50-something years old. Yeah, somewhere in there. Um, he's kind of got a cool biker sort of uh, look. It's probably not the demo you would expect. This is, our, this is our demographic we're targeting. That's right, that's right. You're nailing it. And I think he's yeah, I think the, we've got all eight of them. <laughs> Crosby, this is your moment, man. You How's to- it going, guys? What's up? What's up, bud? Well, this is really cool to talk to you guys. I mean, we, I got to uh, discover the show during quarantine, which so many of us did. And, and uh, how did it come to pass? How did you get sold on this? Adam DeBillo called and... You know, he has got a great resume out with the hills and Laguna Beach. And I just, uh, I think the whole team kind of rallied around the idea of this. You know, then he got us to film like a sizzle reel. He sold it to Netflix. I mean, by that, at that point, we were, which is, we told him in the first meeting, we want Netflix. Um, and he got and he got us Netflix. So, I mean, at this point, we're, we're pretty excited. Yeah, uh, you know, I watched a show and running a radio station here in Vancouver and, you know, working with a lot of larger than life personalities. Jason, I look at what you and your brother are doing there and you're running a business first and foremost, but now you've got TV cameras in your face all the time. You've got these guys, uh, personal drama and their interactions with you spilling out into uh, a show that we all watch and that you must watch as well. How is that when you're, you're, you're uh, sitting down to watch the conversations you've had with your employees and the things they're saying about you behind your back and about each other behind their back and still keep the focus on the business? Well, luckily, you know, it only happens like every six months that I have to sit down and watch it. Um, but it is a, it creates like an awkward moment when we're all in a screening room and kind of reliving, you know, the ups and downs. It, 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 for me, I kind of have the best gig, let's be honest. I mean, I'm kind of in the background, you know, the boss. Don't really get into the, the drama so much. Um, so I think I have, I have it the easiest. I also have pretty thick skin, I, so I just don't really care much about, you know, stuff. Uh, I also don't read my comments, so maybe I do get it and I don't even know it. Um, I haven't I just, had one uh, hate of Jason, not one. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. They're probably going into your general box. Check your general box. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, well, to me, it felt like, you know, I definitely need to up my shit talking because I felt like I wasn't quite as mean to some people behind their backs as they were. To me. Um, so season three, you're going to turn up the heat. I think I do actually a little bit. But no, I mean, you know, it's 
it is a little bit uncomfortable. We were all in quarantine as well when we watched it. And so I didn't really have the awkwardness of sitting next to, you know, say maybe Christine or somebody else when they talked smack about me. But um, so I just kind of rolled my eyes and ate my popcorn by myself. Looking at the the trailer for season three, you've got some pretty uh, dramatic moments coming up between the wedding and, of course, Chriselle's divorce. I mean, you, you can't act those tears. That's that's some pretty hardcore stuff. Right. It's weird for us to watch our boss talk about the drama of tears at someone's wedding <laughs> from a reality I'm show. I'm super impressed right now. I'm out of a job, I think, because he's doing all the work. Amazing. Well, hey, listen, you, you guys made uh, Boss Crosby's day. It was great for him to chat with you guys, and it'll make the show even more um, fun for him to watch. And it's going to be our best show ever. That's right. There we go. We'll let you guys get back to work. But, well, uh, season three is coming out in just like 10 days or something like that, so hopefully you guys watch. Right. Jason Amanza, great to uh, chat with you guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Take and watch care. Selling Sunset on uh, Netflix. Thanks, guys. There we go. Woo! The Big Free Plug. I wanted to introduce you to uh, two cool guys, Sam and Jarrett. Uh, they have a company called Vancouver City Plumbing, VancouverCityPlumbing.ca. Sam, you have a two-year-old, a four-year-old, a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a ten-year-old. That's it. Did not plan it. Uh, Sam can't even remember the names of most of his children at, yeah. at any given time. Well, I've, I've written them down here in case you need to reference this list. <laughs> oh, thanks. I appreciate it. And Jared, you have three kids. So between the two of you, you have eight kids, and uh, you both have um, challenges. Both of us have children with disabilities, and that's not typical to most families. And our kids have very different types of disabilities, but we both do spend a lot of time trying to sort out the needs of our children. Let's start with you, Jarrett. Sure. So I've got a daughter named Sailor. She's five years old and she's a very unique little girl. She doesn't really have a standard diagnosis for the challenges she faces, but effectively she is paralyzed from the waist down. So she spends her days in a wheelchair rolling around. But what's really interesting about her is, first of all, she has no cognitive disabilities. And secondly, is that she's in a self-powered wheelchair. So she's this tiny little girl. She's like 23 pounds. She's five, bright blonde pigtails, and she rolls herself around, kits all the time and and just just really loves life super bright little girl and no fear i mean you see the speed she i don't know if she's clocking but she's she's whipping around yeah and and she's yeah. super adventurous i believe she'll either be at one point a uh, high-powered lawyer crushing corporations or yeah. uh, obviously the prime minister of the country right. of course <laughs> uh, what's neat too is that uh, i know that you are responsible for getting that uh, wheelchair accessible mat at kitts beach yeah you know vancouver is an amazing place and i have to say the vancouver park board and the city of vancouver have been extremely responsive to requests we've made because we really like to push sailor and get her into interesting situations like we take her skiing um, she has a sledge to go ice skating um, and the vancouver park board was able to install a beach mat on kit's beach so she could roll out on the sand and they did that just at uh, a request we had made to obviously to benefit her but the broader community and everyone loves using that thing now they do i mean yeah people love standing on it using their strollers walking on it yeah and then we kick them off and say hey that's for little girls in a wheelchair. For sailor, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got the guys from Vancouver City Plumbing and Studio. These are just great, 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 great people. I wanted to highlight their company for Free Plug Thursday on a Wednesday. And uh, Sam, let's talk about your family. Yeah, so uh, our middle son, Arnie, he's six and he has autism. And we've been learning about that over the last three or four years. Yeah. Um, we thought he was just a very hyperactive, fun-loving kid. But... Uh, yeah, as he engaged with more of the world and socially and school and stuff, um, yeah, it got very hard for him. And so he has struggles with just the basic things, sleeping, eating, what what he wears. But he's he's full of life. He's full of fun. Um, he's a fiery little character and he's uh, 
Probably the biggest Michael Jackson fan I know. Um, <laughs> Michael Jackson, yeah. If you look at our Spotify playlist, it's... All Michael Jackson. All Michael Jackson. <laughs> the the other four kids are pretty sick of it by now. Yeah, right. yeah. I imagine. Well, I mean, it, it's got to be difficult to, to care for one child with, with autism, but let alone one of five. Yeah, I think patience is the key. Um, and as I've said, my wife's got a lot more than me, but um, dividing my time between the other children as well and raising them well, they, they always want more time. We surround ourselves with people who are who understand and who get it and who can help us and that's a real blessing how many parents like i sometimes kind of with my wife go with our two kids oh we're exhausted and then you hear a story of like you what you must deal you and your wife deal with on the daily and i go oh my goodness like suddenly just it's all perspective right you go wow there's someone else who's dealing with so much more and now you guys don't have parents locally so you're doing it on your own and how do you ever drop off five kids to a, a friend's house to have a date night? That's imp- impossible, I'm assuming. Bribes. It's bribes, all about the bribes. Right. Uh, I mean, we can drop off a two-year-old, a four-year-old, a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, a ten-year-old <laughs> for a couple hours. For some free plumbing work. I think what's, what's interesting is that the situation I'm in seems really intense to me and to other people. Mm-hmm. But I think what's important to recognize is that we all have intense situations and i can tell stories that make my situation seem a lot worse than lots of people's um, for example we found out yesterday that sailor is probably going to have hip surgery and it is a 10-month recovery oh my god and, and she just had so a surgery on her neck she did she had four surgeries last year and three of them unfortunately didn't work and um and so you know i we can we sam and i can talk about how hard it is but the reality is that to us it becomes kind of normal it's certainly difficult but everyone is in a situation no matter what situation you're in to you it is the most difficult thing thing in the world mm-hmm. and and it's it's very difficult to overcome that and so when people see sailor or they see arnie and they say wow they're such amazing kids they are amazing kids but they're overcoming what's normal and what's typical to them i remember Jarrett when when we first met at the park at kids park and you were telling me about your situation and i was just i remember going home and telling my wife man i met this dude and like his perspective was so positive considering everything you've had to overcome and you're like yeah you know i mean i have a little girl who's in a wheelchair but then we're at the hospital, at, at, at Children's Hospital, mm-hmm. and then I see other families yeah. with, with kids who are even in worse shape. Much, much worse, yeah. And so you end up leaving the hospital yeah. with your little girl in a wheelchair with, with gratitude. There is always someone that's worse off. And so what's important is we keep you know, we keep focused and, and Sam and I both have a strong faith and that's really important to keep us grounded. And you go to the same church, right? Yeah, we do go to the same church. We're both leaders in our church. Um, and, uh, and that's really important for us. Like our faith in God really grounds us to where we are because without that stability, I mean, our lives are difficult, but there's always somebody that that's, that's worse than, than you. And, and that yeah. kind of helps. It's kind of like, thank God I'm not them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and Jordan's over there is thinking, Oh, I'm thank God my family's in Russia. <laughs> With any kids. Uh, I have it easy. You know, he's going to do That's gonna what he always he, says, that I have it easy. He's like, going to go home and have a nap after this. Yeah, yeah. Can you believe it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just glad you have the reality check right now because that's all I ever hear. <laughs> I can't believe you don't have these kids, you know. But no, it's it's incredible what you guys and how grounded you are in the perspective. And it's, it's great that you guys have your own business together. That's awesome. Vancouver City Plumbing, VancouverCityPlumbing.ca. You did, the, you did the plumbing here at the radio studio a couple years ago now. You put the toilet in, you put the sink in. So far, everything works very well. And I'll tell you, Jordan has abused. Oh, it's, trust you, me. It's quality. It's quality no, no, work, this guy spent a lot of time in that washroom. And I'm like, he should be thanking you. I'm like, God, it's been 20 minutes. 
So listen, um, when you call these guys uh, to have them come and fix stuff in your home, you're, you're supporting some some guys who are working really hard. And- we really appreciate the business that people give us because it helps us support our kids to buy wheelchairs or to put them into programs or camps and, and things mm-hmm. like that, which do get quite expensive, especially if you happen to have five children, you know. Right, Sam? Five. Five. Oh, it right. does burn a hole in the pocket. But, um, <laughs> but also, I think what we're building here is a company. We're building a family business that we uh, that I hope one day, if if Arnie can't engage socially in a normal job, then I'm creating a safe place where he could come and work for us one day and right uh, thrive in that. And not just my children. Like I'd be open to hiring other children. What? Adults <laughs> at that point. Let's just clear that. Clear. Yeah, I don't think adults. you can hire children. Yeah. <laughs> you, you call Vancouver City Plumbing and eight kids roll up to fix yeah. your toilet. That's how it works. The Big Free Plug. <laughs>